0: legends are legends because they have a certain power over us what are you so nervous about we went up against the entire earth alliance and two carrier groups yeah but this is the post office this could get us in real trouble
1: yes sir first thing i learned is never mess with the post office
0: as you say we were the good guys and they made a very satisfying thump when they hit the floor
1: hello and welcome to who are you it's a babylon 5 watchcast by a couple of former strangers now friends who are continuing to get to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood babylon 5 i'm laura
0: and i'm Jaffer.
1: and today i get to ask jafair who are you from babylon 5
0: <laughs> that's right we're going to do a quiz
1: we're doing quiz time again.
0: It's been a little while. We found another one. Last time we did, uh, what was it? Something about cuisine?
1: Yeah, it was Who Are You from Babylon 5 based on your food choices, I think.
0: Yeah. This one is just a lot more generic. I have not taken this yet. I did not Me like either. preemptively take it. It's 20 questions, and the link is going to go in our Discord, so you'll see it there if you are already part of our discord if not you should join our discord if maybe one of our one of our discord friends wants to reply and put it up there on the tweet before i get a chance to because i promise i'm going to forget i would really appreciate you <laughs> so my first question is have you ever shoplifted
1: oh man i mean when you're kids you do stupid stuff right
0: yeah i have accidentally shoplifted a couple of times i'm sure Uh, sometimes like when I'm getting a couple things, I might put something in my pocket and then forget to check out with it. Um, I'm sure this has happened. I can't recall a specific instance. It's not something I aim to do, but it's something that's definitely happened. I do recall one particular instance from my childhood where I shoplifted, uh, not intentionally again. I was at Best Buy with my mom and we were buying a bunch of stuff and I had a Cowboy Bebop DVD in the cart. That got uh-huh. totally missed, and we got out of there. And my mom's like, Shoplifting's wrong, but we just dropped like $700 in this Best Buy. We're not going back in <laughs> for 20 bucks. <laughs> Man, you can't do that at Best
1: Buy these days. They got everything locked down inside of Best Buy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm sure I have misrung something at self-checkout, you know, like when you're scanning your produce and you're supposed to select what type of produce it is. I know I've misrung something there. So let's go with yes. Yeah. Okay. So we have the choices. I have before, but I know it's wrong. Yep. Still do. And never have, never will. So I got to go with, I have, I guess.
0: Yeah. Same. All right. What gives you fuel in the morning? Energy drink, tea, water, coffee. I am a coffee drinker.
1: I wish I could be a coffee drinker. I love coffee, but I'm a tea drinker.
0: My girlfriend is about to go spend two weeks in Hawaii with her family. Um, And my very strict instruction was 100% Kona. You got to bring me back some pure Hawaiian coffee. The Kona blends we get here are nowhere near as good.
1: Okay, number three. You're in a group project and one group member is extremely bossy. What do you do? Hmm. Confront them in private? Call them out on it in front of everybody. Silently brood and do your own thing secretly.
0: I am the group member that is extremely bossy.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what this is like.
0: (laughs) That's I've been in groups where I've silently brooded because it was not worth arguing. Mm -hmm. I have been in groups where I thought my... If I feel like my grade was at risk in the group project in school, I would say something. If I didn't think my grade was at risk, like I wouldn't do it this way, but... I'm, you You know clearly you have a good grade in this class. I'm just going to let you run the thing. Won't argue mm-hmm. with it. So I've done both. I've never confronted in private, though.
1: Yeah, this one's tough. It's very contextual.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with call them out in front of everybody because statistically that is probably my most common answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it does very much depend on the situation.
1: I have definitely done Silent Brood, but I think that I am now confronting private person. Like I would try to try to let them say face publicly a little bit and keep it private, but it really depends on the context.
0: All right. Question four. You unintentionally say something hurtful in a conversation. What do you do? Ignore it. (laughs) Who said it was unintentional? Apologize profusely.
1: Oh man. I've definitely done this.
0: You apologize. We're both apologize. I mean, my Midwestern won't let me walk 10 minutes without Mm -hmm. saying sorry to something. I see. I apologize Mm -hmm. to potholes. So like it's (laughs) of course I'm going to apologize.
1: Definitely. What character flaws do you hate the most? Dishonesty, authoritarianism, or egocentrism. I'm going to go with dishonesty. I hate that.
0: (laughs) I dislike dishonesty. And I will, I will not, Respect someone for dishonesty? Occas, there's context with dishonesty, but with authoritarianism, mm, okay, not gonna fly with me, never. Yeah, yeah. Would you consider yourself a responsible person?
1: Oh, Sometimes,
0: no. by whose definition? And yes, mm-hmm. very. Y- yes, I am the responsible one. In I am literally called the dad friend <laughs> without even having kids. Uh, I'm the dad. I have friends who are actual parents. Who have called me the dad friend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with sometimes because my husband edits this podcast and he will know the truth. (laughs) 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 Because there are some things I'm very responsible with. I'm a very responsible accountant for one thing. Am I a very responsible just like general adult? I don't know about that. (laughs) Sometimes sometimes. You're driving and a semi truck going full speed misses you by an inch. How do you feel? Totally freaked out? Meh, it didn't hit me, so it doesn't matter. Slightly freaked out, but mostly fine. No, I'm I'm freaked out. That's that's easy.
0: This this has almost I almost died like this actually yeah. when I was a senior. So my dad bought me a car so I could drive my sister to school so she wouldn't have to take the bus. Yeah, yeah. And I was driving it, and I had taken her to a concert for her birthday, and it was the winter, and we spun out on some black ice on the expressway, and my car was perpendicular to the road. So we're sideways, and cars are coming towards the side of us, and we slowly drifted back into the, the median as roads are designed to push things as a semi just barreled right in front of us. Uh, Yep. And I was a little freaked out, but mostly fine. Some parallel universe me died, and now there's less of me when I get jet-lead the wand. So, (laughs) I'm here for it. Complete this sentence. I blank put the needs of others before my own. Never, often, sometimes.
1: I mean, that's another sometimes for me.
0: Um, My therapist has yelled at me for doing this too much. (laughs) I don't know. I don't feel that's particularly accurate, but that's the whole point of going to therapy. So maybe. That's
1: true. That's true. (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, I think as far as women go, because women are very socialized to do this. Yes. Like in, at least in our Mm. culture. Well, Mm -hmm. most cultures I think, but we're socialized to put everybody else first. I think, If you're holding me on a scale against my peers, that I have improved on this, and maybe I don't do it as much as some others. So I'm going to go with the sometimes instead of often this time.
0: Okay. I feel like the exact opposite as a man. I'm told to almost never do this by society, and I feel like I do it very, very often.
1: Yeah. Uh, But
0: not too often. That would be too much. But once again, I will listen to my therapist. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Outside objective advice is important. Yeah. Would you say you're a leader or a follower? More of a follower? Definitely a leader. I don't like to do either. I prefer to be left alone.
0: Uh, I'm I'm a leader. That's yeah. I, yeah. I, I tend to
1: lead lead things. Yeah.
0: One of the great joys of my life is helping people become better versions of themselves. Yeah. And that's not something you do by sitting on the sidelines.
1: I don't know that I could say something that altruistic or noble. I just tend to rush at things and people come with me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Other people are A, kind of annoying sometimes, B, possibly new friends, companions, family, etc. C, pawns. Can it be Yikes. A and B? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I'm not a C person at all. I don't look like at no. the world that way, but I, I can definitely see both a and b
0: yeah i mean um, i'm
1: probably lean more toward b like i'm, I'm definitely interested in people b.
0: i'm an extrovert
1: yeah i'm interested in people even if they do get on my nerves on occasion what do you think your greatest strengths are being honest being kind being selfless yeah not the selfless i do tend to be kind but again i think that's the socialization of women thing mm. <laughs> But I, I think I'm very good at being honest. And I think as that's one of my career strengths as well. So
0: Yeah. Of these three, I think I have to go selfless. Not that I mm-hmm. lie particularly often, but I do enjoy a good ruse. <laughs> I'm not good, good at ruses. <laughs> and a good prank. You know, the, 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 long, the long-term joke on mm-hmm. friends is something that me and my group of friends will do to each other quite often. And sometimes that doesn't involve being perfectly honest with each other all the time. Uh, it's not it's not from a place of malice you know it's from a place of creating joy later Mm -hmm. so I don't think I can put honest and I know that I have been outright mean to people people been outright mean to me I don't hold against anyone so I think I gotta go selfless here all right what is your greatest weakness you put a lot of emotion into things you put other people's wants and needs before your own or you tend to be a little bit of a pushover I do not feel like A is a weakness, Mr. Quiz.
1: (laughs) I mean, for me, it is sometimes I have to go with A, definitely. Sometimes I cannot get that emotion under control when when I need to be more functional. So
0: fair. I mean, if it if it is emotional, if it is emotion to the point of harming your your functionality, then Mm -hmm. I suppose that would be too much emotion into things. But I feel like that's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot, Mm -hmm. especially towards women in our society.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a weapon against us a lot. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's shitty. It's real shitty. This is something I've had conversations with my mom about. My mom is a very emotional person. And also, you know, she's considered a pushover as well. When a pushover probably isn't a pushover, you're probably just not being a dick. Mm (laughs) most of the time I don't like any of these answers
1: <laughs> I think for men too it's like I know lots of very emotional men at work their emotion is anger
0: uh, okay <laughs> you know what I mean uh, but, I, but I I was not talking about you can definitely put too much anger into things
1: <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm just saying like you know women get criticized all the time for being emotional but it's like mm-hmm they're just as emotional they've just got one that's socially acceptable for them and that is anger so yeah (laughs) which of the following do you fear the most closed spaces insects or bugs or public speaking (laughs) well we know which one it's not
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you have a podcast you're not allowed to pick public speaking right um and And due to my recent experience trapped on a train in London, I know it's not closed spaces.
1: I'm not a closed spaces person i'm I'm really not that bothered by insects or bugs anymore since like my son's so into them.
0: I have a bit of a irrational fear about putting my hand someplace where I can't see where it is, like uh-huh. my foot yeah. underneath mm-hmm. a sofa or like, in between the cushions in my like the car seats or something, you know. And you like a stick scorpion your hand and getting no rocks me. and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like oh, someone's going to come and get me. And I'd like to say that this fear is completely irrational.
1: But <laughs> no, I've I've been attacked
0: by a scorpion. Yeah. And then I have also encountered in real life a black widow spider.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: So, the fear of respect, but fear nevertheless. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with insects or bugs because snakes and heights are not on the list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are my two things.
0: All right. Someone tries flirting with you, but you're in a serious relationship. How do you handle it? Hmm. A, just ignore them and hope they get the message. B, shut them down quickly and avoid them the rest of the night. C, immediately turn them down and tell your SO what happened. I'm noticing D isn't here, which is not realize you're being flirted with, accidentally flirt with them back, and then realize uh-huh. what happened six years later when you wake up in the middle of the night. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the most realistic option. <laughs> yeah, of these bad options, I think I would just pick A, just ignore them and hope they get the message, because that's what we're taught to do as women again.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I <laughs> don't would. Don't make them angry, you know.
0: Fair enough. I, I would definitely, if someone was flirting to the point of this is clearly more than just a casual kind of thing, I would definitely be like, hey, sorry, yeah. no. So I will okay. go with C.
1: In your group of friends, you're usually, oh, we get four choices now. Oh, boy. A, the storyteller. B, the planner. C, the comic relief. D, the adventurer.
0: As the person who makes Facebook events for their parties three months in advance so everyone can make sure their plans align, I think I have <laughs> to go with the planner.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm the planner. I don't think I'm that funny, so I'm probably not the comic relief. I'm not that adventurous, but I do talk a lot. I'm probably the storyteller.
0: <laughs> what kind of TV show makes you feel better? Reality, thriller, no. comedy? <laughs> Not reality for me. No, I abhor reality television. And I don't like thriller TV shows. Per- mm-hmm. At least not. I have to be in a mood.
1: Right. They um, don't make me feel better if I like feel bad. You know? Yeah. What would you do if someone dropped a $50 bill while walking on the street in front of you? Stop the person and give it back? Seriously try to find the person, but keep it if you can't, or just leave it?
0: A implies that B is not possible and is failing. Right. Feigning.
1: Right. A a implies that you know who it is, but yeah. B says maybe you don't.
0: If you can just stop the person, but you, you seriously try to find them, but you'd keep it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would seriously try to find them, but if I can just stop the person, they're right in front of me. I'm just going to give them their $50 back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same.
0: Someone spills coffee all over themselves. You laugh and keep walking. Snicker yourself, but offer to help quickly grab some napkins and help clean them off.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm getting those napkins. Yeah, those I've seen enough nice.
0: babies puke in my house to know that I'm grabbing paper towel immediately.
1: <laughs> it, it sucks. Everybody's had this happen. Do something nice. Yeah. How would you deal with someone you're at odds with? Publicly call them out. Bring up your concerns and try to hear them out. Try your best to ignore them and just do you. It's a context thing.
0: Yeah. Someone I'm at odds with implies that I'm not ignoring them like they're part of my life. If yeah. they're part of my life and there's something wrong, I'm going to talk to them about it. Yeah. And, and I'm, probably I'm not publicly, concern. unless it is something right. that requires public shaming, which yeah. is few and far between, but is a thing, depending on, you know, them saying stupid shit or something. Yeah. <sighs> Sometimes you got to go for public shame. All right. Last question. Pick a word that best describes you. Considerate, compassionate and friendly.
1: Hmm. Those are three very similar choices to me. <laughs>
0: They are. What makes this easy for me is I try to be considerate. I try to be compassionate. I don't try to be friendly, mm-hmm. but I have friends. So it must be the thing that is most natural to me because I'm not trying to do it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I I think I'm going to go with compassionate because I do feel like I see other people's point of view very easily all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do have to try to be friendly. <laughs> 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 it just depends. All right, let's find out who we are. Who I? Are who are you? Do you know who I am? All right, you want to go first?
0: I got Veer. No. Yep. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> we had a handful of similar answers. Also, this might be one of those quizzes where if you don't pick all of the, I am the master manipulator and the world is my punch, then you just get Veer.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is
0: baff- Maybe Veer and Alondo are the only options.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're going to need everybody to go and do this quiz. Yeah. Because we need to know how many more Veers are out there, if there's any other choices. <laughs> Well, I mean, Veer's not the worst character to be, right? Yeah. He's, we just saw him do some great things in that last episode. Maybe we just have Veer on the brain from the last episode.
0: Quite possible.
1: Yeah. What are we going to get on our brain in this episode?
0: We have King Arthur. We're going to talk some <laughs> King Arthur. We have Season 3, Episode 13, A Late Delivery from Avalon. Yes. Now, this episode, Michael York, the guest star, We'll talk mm-hmm. about him when he gets here. Yeah. But I did read a lot of stuff, and the one thing I have to point out is that JMS brought his cabaret laser disc to the set and had Michael Heck. York sign. Yes. It. <laughs> Nerd. I want the cabaret
1: laser disc. Oh my god. <laughs> I think my dad still has his laser disc player.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I read that and I'm all like, that has to be the first thing I say about this episode. The second thing, listener, I've talked in the past a bit about my history and my knowledge and my passion of sword fighting. There's sword mm-hmm. fighting in this episode, which means I'm a nerd out about swords bunch. So I hope you're ready for that.
1: There's <laughs> your content warning right there. <laughs> Jafar's is going to talk about swords.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. So we open up with the transport Asimov coming mm-hmm. through the jump gate. Uh, yeah. This is like one of the first Earth transports in months, it seems like.
0: Yeah, they call out it's the first one since they declared their independence. And so we get we get a handful of things that are kind of set off by this. I would say our C plot is set mm-hmm. off by this with packages arriving, but also our A plot. But we start with the C here um, after uh-huh. a quick mention of our B plot, which is they need more than the Mimbari protecting the station. And then we go to the post office.
1: Yes, it's the post office episode.
0: Prices have gone up. Garibaldi, this is why you buy forever stamps. Get mm-hmm. with the game.
1: It's going to be 100 credits for him to get this package out of Hawk at the post office.
0: Yeah, this postman. Did he look familiar to you?
1: He does a little. Tell me about this postman.
0: This is Michael Keegan, and he is guest starred on your favorite sitcom that has aired since 1995. Just... Whatever it is, decent chance <laughs> he was on it. Uh, from friends to desperate housewives and everywhere in between.
1: Oh my gosh, like, that's amazing. Like
0: everything. Like How I Met Your Mother, Hannah Montana, uh-huh. he was on four episodes. He was in Voyage. He's in all kinds of shit. Dude has probably the second most impressive CV in this episode. <laughs> and that's not He's his Michael fault. York? And this Uh, guy. (laughs) Michael York and this guy. Wonderful. So I had forgotten how this this wraps up. He's great. He's hilarious. Rain nor snow nor shine nor alien invasion nor meteor Mm -hmm. strike. Yep. (laughs) Making Ben Franklin proud.
1: Garibaldi tries to to tell him about the contents of his package and sees it from him, but he is not getting it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When he tells him what's in it, he doesn't give Garibaldi the option to pay the hundred credits anymore. He just—he's like, "Oh, pepperoni!" Shoves it in back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why did Garibaldi think this was gonna work? <laughs> he's just—he's just giving him more reasons to like seize the package and then sell everything on the black market. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, man.
0: After this, we cut to Michael York, OBE. O B. He's having some bad dreams in a endless hallway.
1: Yeah. Gray hallway.
0: So Michael York, obviously very famous actor. Mm-hmm. Probably got to be the most famous guest star on this show.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, he, he got an Oscar for Cabaret, right? Am I making that up?
0: Um, I have some awards that he's won or been nominated for that we'll oh, talk okay. about. <laughs> um, so... He filmed this, uh, if you're looking at his film career, he filmed this and a couple of other things in between. In between, playing Merlin in A Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Oh,
1: yes. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And then he would have gone from this to playing Basil Exposition in Austin Powers. Yeah. Trying to list everything he's done is a fool's errand. Like, it's just an incredibly massive CV. I do want to call out his 2001 dvd exclusive awards nomination for best animated character performance in the land before time 7 the stone of cold fire (laughs) and then of course who could forget in 2011 his lifetime achievement award from the transylvania international film festival oh that's adorable (laughs) i hear once you're invited to that you can keep coming back whether or not they send you another invitation yeah okay It's a vampire joke. (laughs) I get it. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he grabs a sword in one of the worst ways to theme.
1: Oh, my God. I was looking at this and I was like, that's obviously a prop sword or you would have hurt yourself very badly.
0: Well, he probably would have been fine. So what makes this grabbing of the sword very dangerous is not how... Or where uh-huh. he grabs the sword, because those are both correct, actually. Okay. It's the direction he's coming from that is the problem.
1: Okay. Like coming out from under?
0: Exactly. So, swords were typically, well, one, not very sharp. They didn't really <laughs> oh. need to be sharp, that was not yeah. their job. Most swords are not slashing weapons. They're stabbing weapons. Yeah. And when you do slash with them, you slash with the top 33% of the blade. Sure. Right? Okay. okay. So anything past that point was typically not sharpened on purpose so that the wielder could grab it in a similar fashion and do a technique that's known as half-sorting, which is what you do when you're in too close to be able to swing your sword.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, So he grabs the sword in the right spot and he uses a good grip on it when he grabs it. But the direction is completely wrong because all it takes is the person holding that sword Uh to yank it the way that Uh it is naturally going to go when you hold it like that. Yep. If this sword, instead of being downward, were up and he were to grab it like that, that is it. Yeah, you're fine. That's a good maneuver. That's what you want to do sometimes. But yeah, sword facts. There are more so later. We,
1: we grab the sword to theme. And then when we come back from theme, we have Dr. Franklin and Marcus and Down Below. And mm-hmm. they have got this mysterious illness spreading amongst the people of Down Below. And I I could have sworn Jafar, but yeah. he said Bantha flu. Uh,
0: I thought he said Bantha flu, too. And I thought it was yeah. a Star Wars joke.
1: Yeah, me too. When you look it up, I guess it's banta flu.
0: Yes, That's I had it with subtitles on, yeah. uh, so it was spelled correctly for me. But I did pause and be all like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> Have to again? rewind that a little bit. Roll it back for me.
1: But apparently, this is spreading. Franklin's mm-hmm. really excited that Marcus managed to catch this so quickly, mm-hmm. because I guess it's not something that you know shows a lot of signs early. Yeah.
0: It's a flu that generates from mixing alien food and human food that's fermenting. And that's what makes a communicable disease. It doesn't make one person sick. It's food sickness (laughs) that spreads. This is terrifying.
1: This is a stomach flu, right? I mean, that's what we got to take away from this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This isn't
1: a respiratory. This is the stomach flu.
0: This is not pretty, but he caught it because he saw some people eating out of the garbage. and Yeah. yeah. We get a great line here that really mm. defines Marcus as a person, more so yeah. maybe than most of his other actions this episode, which is crazy because it's a very good Marcus episode. And he comments how he used to wish life were fair until he actually thought about it and how terrible it would be to know that we deserved every bad thing that ever happened to us.
1: Yeah. This is one of my favorite quotes, just like life quotes even. Yeah.
0: This is like something that you see put up on LinkedIn on like an inspirational post without attribution.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, that's from Babylon 5.
0: Yep. That's actually happened to me. I've seen the truth is a three-edged sword make the rounds on LinkedIn before. Me too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I every time I see it, I just want to be like, that's from Babylon 5, y'all.
0: Right? (laughs) I've watched this show. That's from my show. Get off my show. (laughs) Cheap plug for the podcast. Exactly. (laughs) On LinkedIn. Right? (laughs) You know it's not on my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. I've thought about it. (laughs) I have my LARPing non-profit days. Like, non-profit president from my LARP club on my LinkedIn profile, and I don't have this.
1: No. It's not... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> slightly embarrassed
1: <laughs> just a little embarrassed anyway <laughs> a
0: shuttle docks after a brief conversation in med lab and michael york walks through the metal detectors in full chain mail with a mm-hmm. sword mm-hmm. with the confidence yep. of a boomer holding an expired coupon asking for a manager Yeah. I don't mean like a few days here. This thing is like a year old and he knows what he's doing.
1: How did he get onto this transport with this (laughs) sword? Does TSA only go one way?
0: Well, maybe Mm -hmm. it's an earth transport and maybe, maybe they've got future second amendment stuff and you know, yeah. oh, you're going to a non-earth colony. Hope you've got a weapon, you know? Yeah, so
1: obviously security, RTSA here at, at Babylon 5 is not cool with this. Yeah, this is a big thing. They, they draw guns. He brought a sword to a gunfight.
0: <laughs> he says his name, Arthur Pendragon, son of Uther, king of the Britons. King of the And then Marcus jumps in and de-escalates without force. Yeah. Huh. Huh.
1: Such a novel concept.
0: It is possible. Oh my
1: God, it's almost enough to make you start believing in miracles, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. And in he has a fantasy. medical professional with him. Right. He uh, convinces him to go to Medlab to get checked out. We get some quick background lip service that someone's going to check his DNA. And he talks to Arthur, who can't explain the 1700 year gap in his history. But he recounts being taken to Avalon. And if he is returned now, it is because when he is here... And now is where he is most needed. Yeah. So we know how this ends. We've watched this episode to be able to record this podcast.
1: Yes. Uh-huh.
0: I want to posit something for you. Okay. We get the like first line in the next scene is Marcus telling us, this is not outside the realm of possibility. You fucking met Jack the Ripper, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, he did point out that Vorlons exist.
0: <laughs> what if that was the case? What if... Michael York is Arthur. What if more than that, he becomes Captain King of Babylon 5 because this is where he is needed most? And the rest of the series just takes a hard left turn and it is Arthur leading the armies of light in the Shadow War. Oh, man. Like every That'll episode be before fun. this, completely unchanged. Don't do <laughs> anything different. And just from here out, it's the Arthur Pendragon in the sci fi show. How nineties is that?
1: <laughs> that would that would be so much fun.
0: <laughs> it's. Really I would watch the shit on. out of that show. I don't know that I'd be hosting a podcast about that show thirty years later, but I yeah, would have watched sure. the shit yeah. out of that show as a kid. Mm-hmm. That has to have been a thing, right? The like reverse Yankee in King Arthur's court.
1: Yeah, yeah. It that could have been part of that it. That has like... to.
0: That has to be a thing.
1: There has to be some inspo in there. Yeah.
0: Tell us like internets.
1: <laughs>
0: Do our research for us. <laughs> Please.
1: Yeah. So we don't know how he got here. No one seems to at the, at the you know, the conference table where we're discussing that he, could he really be a Vorlon transplant? Well, Nobody Franklin. seems to like go say we should go ask Kosh. <laughs> <or> <laughs> we, don't, we don't even really talk about Kosh. At all at this point.
0: Franklin shits on this super quick and it's just like, no, because he's speaking modern English. If he were truly uh, yeah. just awoken and transported, he would not he'd be speaking old English, right?
1: Okay. All right. I mean um, Sebastian did talk weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, but not too weird. But he yeah. had also been woken up a number of times and oh, done word. stuff. Yeah. That was kind of, that was part of his thing is he was at the end of his penance, not at the start of it. He had been awoken Mm. a number of times to test people throughout history. So maybe he adapted more. He had a chance to. But this does not like, oh no, he speaks modern English. Like, dude, once you play the Arthur Pendragon could be in front of you card, you don't just get to use his linguistic stick as a dismissal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But all that doesn't matter because oops, we get a call from Medlab and Arthur has escaped somehow because yep. we don't have security in Medlab either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was literally a security guard posted outside of his room, <laughs> like oh in the gosh. previous scene. <laughs> we're just hanging out in the shadows.
1: <laughs> what happened to those Narns? Those Narns were really good at security.
0: Well, they will be involved in the security in a couple minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we see Arthur, he's down below and he goes to help an aged old lady. Jakar is picking up some letters from home when he hears fighting. He investigates to find Arthur taking on some fugs. Yeah. Fun sword fact. His sword gets called a pig sticker. Mm-hmm. This is a historic term for swords. Swords were used for <laughs> boar hunting.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: But this is not a sword you would use for boar hunting. <laughs> Um, a boar hunting sword, traditionally a German boar hunting sword is the Zweihander, which is, you know, in if you're a fantasy nerd, it's the giant fucking sword. It's a six, seven foot sword, right? These mm-hmm. things are okay. massive to the point where you didn't swing them. That's not how you would use a sword when boar hunting. What you would do is you'd find a boar. You'd sneak up, get kind of close, but not too close. Put the sword point down in the ground goad the boar into charging you and then pivot the sword in front of you so that the boar charged into the sword.
1: Yeah, okay. Still seems risky. Lots of risks there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. But that's why you want a seven-foot sword so that way when your little four-and-a-half-foot-tall medieval peasant ass throws it down in the ground, seven-foot hypotenuse, this thing is feet in front of you.
1: Okay, well, I don't expect our down below lurkers to be historically accurate with their terminology. <laughs> no, but they <laughs> But were. that's a fun, fun thing. Yeah,
0: maybe it was. Maybe it's not really that fun. It's kind of terrifying. Uh-huh. You want some more sword fighting notes? Sure. So Arthur goes into sword fighting here and is fighting like five dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a couple things: the initial strike is a punch to the face between Arthur and the dude with the pipe. Why are either of you that close? You shouldn't be within melee. You shouldn't be within punching distance. You both want to swing your weapons at each other. Dumb. Good yeah. thing. Got to uh, got to be
1: in the shot though. Everybody's yeah, got to be, be in be the in shot, frame for sure.
0: <laughs> so he punches the one dude. He kind of comes around the dude that's right to his right. He swings at real quick and kind of gets away. And then what he he does a blind swing from behind, while rotating. And what this does is this forces the third dude who's coming up behind him to back the fuck up. He doesn't hit him. This is really good. This is exactly what you'd want to do here. You're creating distance. You have a distance advantage with the sword. That's the point of the weapon. You want to use that as much as you can. Shortly after this, he blind blocks as part of his turn, but he does it super early, right? Just like Mm -hmm. he he throws the sword up behind him. And then, like, the dude starts to swing at him after his sword is up behind him. You would just not hit the sword because you know where the sword is. Bad. One last good thing, though. After that blind block, he steps away and slashes the dude's leg while moving farther away from him. Perfect. This is exactly what you want (laughs) to do. You've taken away his mobility and you're moving away from him, removing him as a threat. When you're fighting multiple people, this is the most important thing is you want to generate space to be able to fight them one on one so that way you don't have to worry about getting snuck up on.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: After this, Jakar is a theatrical bitch. He just jumps in to help and is just like, I. this is this is the moment where we stand Jakar. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, he's got a great sense of dramatic flair and oh yeah. Narnclaws. Narnclaws. <laughs>
0: Reminder that he's effectively second in command of station security at this point, which in turn puts legitimization on Arthur's vigilantism here.
1: Hmm. I hadn't thought of it that way. I just thought of it as cool, cool fight between cool guys. <laughs> yeah. Cool guys. Yeah. So they take these guys down. We come back from commercial mm-hmm. and they return the lost item to the old lady. It was mm-hmm. a, a gold picture frame. It was stolen because it was valuable. I'm air quoting the word valuable. Precious
0: metals. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, Garibaldi's looking for Arthur to, to try to fire. or mm-hmm. Garibaldi's sending his people to try to look for Arthur. Yeah. Uh, but he's got something else, something else to do.
0: Arthur is getting drunk with Jakar on
1: Yoohoo. <laughs> I was like, what is this? What is this beverage?
0: Actually, Yoohoo.
1: Oh really? Like That's confirmed.
0: Funny. Yeah. Someone asked JMS on Usenet and he was all like, Oh no, they we use real food whenever possible just because the actors have to actually eat it for their scenes most of the time. Mm-hmm. So he notes that like whenever we see Garibaldi cook, they actually brought in the, the dish, you know? Yeah. And that they were drinking YooHoo here.
1: That's funny. I was like, is this a big giant black Russian or something? Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sounds good. Do I have chocolate milk? Go for it. I'm going to figure that out in 30 minutes. For your
1: later bubble bath.
0: <laughs> right. He knights Jakar, Sir Jakar the Red Knight. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets called this He's... again the rest of the series. I don't remember. Which just, just a goddamn shame. <laughs> right. He should get at least one more of these. He's the Red Knight of my heart. <laughs> uh, Garibaldi gets got again going after his package instead of doing his job. Oh my
1: God, Garibaldi, when will you learn?
0: Well, he gets got, so does Arthur, this time with a flashback fighting Mimbari.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Marcus catches up with Jakar and Arthur and uh, lets them know the fuzz is looking for them. And Jakar's just all like, fuck that, A-cap, and then passes out.
1: <laughs> Jakar act drunk is my favorite kind of act drunk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Andreas is clearly having a blast filming this episode. Yes. And also getting to work with Michael York, I'm sure, was a lot of fun for him.
1: I'm sure. I mean, this this would be the most fun episode to work on, just
0: in general, I think. I should have checked if they had done anything together beforehand. I am unaware. I did not think yeah. to look until just now. We get a throwaway line here about how uh, Gwen got the nickname, the Green Knight, was from drinking too much and being sick in the morning.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chef's kiss. That moment, These for are- sure.
1: These are good details, yes.
0: Yeah. And then uh, we cut to the B-5 Council, where the treaty is delivered to the League of Non-Aligned Worlds.
1: Yeah, so we want want the League of Non-Aligned Worlds to all hop up and and offer some ships to defense sometimes. Mm
0: -hmm. Over in Medlab, Franklin has found the truth about Arthur, but Marcus doesn't think he should be told about it. Franklin doesn't budge, and nor should he, really. He needs to heal from his delusions to be reset into reality. Sure. Um, That's important. And I think, I don't want to say it's childish of Marcus. It's definitely selfish of Marcus Mm -hmm. to want this fantasy to be real.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also, just because his delusions are, like, cool and useful now, (laughs) does not mean that they are always going to be.
1: For sure. Like, you know, if we encourage this King Arthur persona king is a powerful position who's to say that's not going to go to his head in some way
0: but. for sure i just think yeah. besides the detriment to the person it also just logistically doesn't make sense to continue with it and no no, even no, no. for marcus's desire yeah we get his real name david mcintyre and we get a bit about his history including his participation in the battle of the line and his mm-hmm. personal role in starting the earth mimbari war
1: Yeah. Arthur has been a little bit obsessed over this whole last battle that he was in, and Mm -hmm. that someone, that the battle only started, you know, the two armies were working out whatever disagreement they have. I don't know my Arthurian legends very well, but they were working it out. But somebody drew a sword to strike a snake, and that was the sword that that struck the adder that got the two sides fighting. Mm -hmm. Well, now we know that. The sword that struck the adder was gun ports being open.
0: Mm-hmm. The guilt of the war and humanity's loss has transposed itself to the Knights of the Round Table. Yeah. We get a lot of cuts between reality and the delusion here. Mm-hmm. The editing and the cuts around the room after he is stunned and speechless where we get kind of like super far shots with him just still in the empty room and then it mm-hmm. ends with B5 kind of off-center and the silence of space. This is art. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about it when we get to our reviews, but this is the part of the episode where people turn, typically. If you if you are not a fan of this episode, it is yeah. these black and white flash cuts uh, okay. that kind of okay. feel hokey and old-timey. Um,
1: I don't think they look as good on our TVs today. I remember being very impressed with this when I was young. I'm not sure yeah. that the the images quite held up in the same way.
0: I feel like the image quality on Voodoo is not as good as it was on HBO Max.
1: Okay. Maybe maybe if, that's part of it.
0: I don't know if you're noticing anything. I feel like it says it's HD and like uh-huh. I checked the like my streaming stats and stuff and it's HD, but it doesn't look 1080 P to me. And maybe that's because I'm watching on a 4K TV and the upscaling in the HBO Max app is better than it is on the Voodoo app. I would believe that wholeheartedly. I think my TV just does most of that itself, to be perfectly honest. I don't know. I feel like I'm not happy.
1: We're going to have to – this is the first one that we watched not on HBO Max. So we're going to have to put a pin in that and revisit in a few episodes because – I just assumed that that was something about this episode and the you know the black and white and okay. the back and forth and I just didn't didn't clock it as maybe yeah. it's something else.
0: We'll have to listen. The League of Non-Aligned Podcasts is gathering again soon, and neither of us are going to be able to make it, unfortunately. But this is something I believe they will be talking about, so we'll yeah. hear. And they would what know this stuff better and... than I would for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm interested to see what the rest of the Babylon Five podcasting community feels about it. So yeah, me too. All right. We find out the Babylon Treaty was a success, but Franklin has to eat his hubris sandwich here. He is not able to fix everything again, 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 (laughs) again. You know, you'd think I'd learn one of these days that I can't fix everything, but it never happens. He says something about, you
1: think I would have learned my lesson by now or something, and we were just like, yeah, you think. Yeah,
0: yeah, we we fucking (laughs) hope so. (laughs) But no.
1: Hmm. We'll just have to see, won't we? Yeah, he's kind of gone catatonic, right? He's not Mm -hmm. responding to any stimuli. He's taken it very badly to remember his past.
0: They talk through the legend and how Arthur had to go full circle back to where it began. And this leads Mm -hmm. them to their solution in Delen. Having been there when Ducat was killed, comes to take the sword, his burden, his pain. Uh, JMS confirmed that Delenn was told exactly who he was and his role in her past before assisting.
1: Okay. I mean, so, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, they wouldn't have been like, oh, he was on the ship that fired on you when you held Ducat's art," you know, dying in your hands. But they would have been like, he was on the Prometheus that fired on the ship, yeah. you know, yeah. destroyed Mimbar 1 or whatever the name of the Great Council ship was. They've told us, I've forgotten.
1: But from what we know of Delenn, even if they had told her every single detail, I don't see her refusing
0: this. Current Delenn? No. Season one Delenn, yes.
1: Yeah. No, but we're at the right point in time for her.
0: For sure. You know, she takes on his pain and releases him of that burden Mm -hmm. in a way that only she can. And does it all without words. And this is a super moving scene. Mm-hmm. I agree. Garibaldi gets his package the full price way, but gets the postman back by charging mm-hmm. him 101 credits to not start charging him rent. Which is fucked because that's not something Garibaldi can be should be doing. One, mm-hmm. he's effectively yeah, no. blackmailing him.
1: It seems like a bribe, yes?
0: <laughs> yeah, this is not cool. Because Ivanova's even gone on record of bitching about how they don't have enough money coming in right now. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like this is a not a contemporary issue. This is very much an active problem that Garibaldi is making worse.
1: Totally agree. Way to go, Garibaldi. <laughs>
0: Jakar and Franklin see David out, who is going to Narn to join the Resistance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this he's a lot. He's going to
1: help his buddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it too.
0: <laughs> we get a little bit about our characters and their relation and overlap with the Arthurian legend to close us out. This is mm-hmm. a direct shot at people at the message boards who are doing this.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs>
0: yep. So, like it's not just now the Arthurian legend guys. Yeah, he's like, it yeah. does, it's not a perfect analog. You can't just assign characters like that. Who is Morgan Le Fay? There isn't one. <laughs> That's why he says it.
1: I like Evonivus or Gawain. That's a good one.
0: All right, Laura. Scale Babylon's one to five. How do you feel about this episode?
1: I unapologetically love this episode, and it is five out of five for me.
0: Same. It's so good. Some people... Look, I
1: know there's... Silly shit. I know there's yeah. like, how did he get this chainmail? How did he get that cape? How did he get it all on the spaceship? You know, there's lots of questions you can ask yourself. This episode is too fun to ask those questions, people. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. If you think that this is a bad episode of Babylon 5, I think you're a hater. <laughs> I said it. I think you don't like fun. Right? This is a very fun episode. And it's also a very real and very deep episode about the unbearable weight of unknowable grief. Like Mm -hmm. this episode is fucking heavy, but it does so in a way that is fun and Mm -hmm. as relatable as you can make it. You know, you can't understand what he is going through. The, the grief has quite literally driven him insane where he cannot exist in reality. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't.
1: And, I think it's beautiful where he's processing this with something, a legend, so deep in the past. Mm-hmm. And we are in the future, you know? Yeah. It's it's a, a beautiful juxtaposition for us in the present to be watching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's, great. it's fun. I think that the B or C or whatever plot of the post office with this episode is two great tastes. The great taste great (laughs) together. Like I love it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) And I, I will not apologize for feeling this is a five out of five.
0: Yep. Loved it. All right. Next week, season three, episode 14 ship of tears.
1: Okay. This
0: is our first chance to compare voodoo and apple. Episode previews. Sheridan forms an uneasy alliance with a former nemesis. As free speech is curtailed back on Earth, the shadows continue to expand their conquest. I have
1: the same description, except mine ends with Walter Koenig guest stars.
0: Oh!
1: Yay! <laughs> that makes
0: me more excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: Didn't... I think I remember this episode now.
1: From the description, I did not think bester episode, but now I know it's a bester episode. Yay.
0: Same. I think this is the one I missed when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, This is the one with all the telepaths and cryo storage. I think so.
1: Well, we'll find it out soon.
0: Yep. This is the one I missed. All right. That I only saw for the first time two years ago when I did my rewatch fantastic which is crazy because it's a huge plot point episode so
1: yeah it, when besters around there's a lot of plot happening yeah i'm excited
0: all right well we'll be back with that one next week but before then we'd like to say thank you of course to jeremy siegel for our lovely theme music you can find more of jeremy's work at jeremy 42.bandcamp.com
1: and thank you to angry duck time machine on instagram for our podcast artwork
0: thank you to our editor aaron and his continued work in making sure that we are a podcast that releases. <laughs> Greatly appreciate It's vital it. work.
1: It's the Lord's work and we love it.
0: <laughs> and then thanks to our fan community. We love all you guys. Guys being a gender neutral term for the record. Mm-hmm. At least in this personal application. Uh, yeah. We like all of you. Thank you for joining our Discord. If you're not on Discord, go ahead and join. Uh, there's a lot of fun conversation there. People are already posting their quiz results. Um and also we have a Facebook, which we sometimes monitor, and a Twitter, which I completely ignore because fuck Elon Musk.
1: But you can always email us yes. at whoareyoub 5 at gmail.com.
0: We'll see you next week, internet.
1: All right, bye.